spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about those sounds? Those are the sounds of an LG wash tower with ultra-large capacity, serving up a powerful yet gentle clean in just 29 minutes. Making this the sound of savings on the best appliance brands. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Get up to 25% off the LG wash tower with ultra-large capacity and reduced wash time. Pricing valid January 5th through January 25th, 2023. Gas dryer extra. U.S. only. See store or online for details. And now the music's kind of evolved to the point where you don't really need vocals in there anymore. I mean, we have kind of concentrate on uh, melodies a lot more, so it kind of takes the place of the vocals. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin, and I'm back, brother. Feels good. Thank you for keeping the fort down while I was gone. I'm with my brother Travis, as always, and uh, let's get into some Mercury program, huh, bro? Well, we have to talk about, because you told me, you said, hey, you know what, Travis? I really liked that metal song that you played last week. I did, actually. I really liked it, dude. <laughs> I, no, was, I was okay. into it, man. I, I, I felt it. I felt okay. the metal. Okay. All right. So what about it did you like? Now, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to last week's episode. Um, I played a song called The Summoning by a heavy metal thrash group called Soulfly. And historically, Quentin does not like metal of any kind. So the fact that you liked it uh, is uh, intriguing to me. I want to know why you liked it and what about it did you like compared to some of the other stuff that we played. Okay. Maybe I was just in that headspace, dude. I was in the car when I listened to it. Um, maybe it was your delivery, you know, like you set me up for it. I teed you up. Your, and yeah, dude, you, you, you prepared me for it. Um, okay. okay. Uh, I don't know, dude. I, I liked it. Okay. You've heard of a band called Red Fang, right? Yes. They're kind of a doom I've metal always, band. I, okay. If that's what doom is, then that's what I love. Well, they're kind I, of I never like... knew how to, I don't know how to classify metal because I'm not a metal head. They're kind but of. A, I've always I mean, liked they're that. they're more like stoner sludge metal. Stone. Okay, <laughs> sludge metal. That's the thing, um, man. I've always liked Red Fang. Okay, so 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 we've established. Then what we've established is that you like you do like metal. You just you don't know yet what it's like. What type of metal that you like? And now we're starting to figure right. out that maybe you like. Of course, the funny the irony is thrash metal 
is like the opposite of stoner metal. So not, not to go on a tangent here, but what I'd like to do now that we know and have established that you like, or at least you like Max Cavalera, lead singer of Soulfly, I would love to do a, um, an episode on Chaos AD, which is one of Sepultura's albums. So we're going to do that. That'll be a metal album that we do down the line. We've established that you like that guy and you like the way that he approaches metal. And um, so there you go. Now, is that going to be more sludge or is that going to be more melodic grindcore? <laughs> it's going to be more more songs like what what uh, what I played last week. Okay. I just love how many like sub genres of metal there are. I mean, it's the same for it's the same for just rock music in general. You know, there's so many different, for anything. Yeah. Yeah. So many yeah. different genres. Well, I appreciate how deep it goes, man. And how, and how much, and you're just in it, dude. You're, you're but the it. funny thing is I'm really not that, that like if, if I was to walk into a metal, uh, you know, club or something like that, I would get laughed straight the fuck out of there, dude. I know enough to get by, but I'm, I'm by no means like a proper metal head. You know what I mean? But I, I love and appreciate the music and you know, I'm slowly getting more and more deeper into it. So anyway, and you're slowly figuring out what, what I might be into my, 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 the entire goal of this podcast from day one for me was to make sure that you, you came out uh, on the other end, a a metal head. So it's, it's, it seems like it's working. So I'm just going to keep, so that's the true motive. Okay. So let's talk about, so as we just discussed last week was a heavy metal episode and we are shifting gears this week and talking about an instrumental band called the Mercury Program. So Q, um, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one. Okay. Let's pause real quick and let's dive into our What Your Hurts. Um, I'll go first this week. I feel like I, I throw it over to you a lot. Um, well, you've had two weeks um, without without uh, telling us what you've been heard, so... Um, Okay, so I picked up a record for pretty cheap. It's by a band called Quiet Sun, which is another one of those prog rock bands, uh, kind of in the same vein as uh, King Crimson, which we played one of their tracks as what you heard for our Black Sabbath episode. And uh, definitely in the same vein, this was a band that was around in the 70s. Um. And shit, dude, you know what? I'm looking at their Wikipedia page right now. The album that I picked up was their only album as a band. came out in 1975. Uh, it's an album called Mainstream. And uh, again, we've, we've covered prog rock bands in the past. We've covered Can, we've covered Yes, and we've covered uh, King Crimson. These guys are in the same vein. You know, it's that jazz fusion kind of quote-unquote prog rock that kind of exploded in the 70s. So, uh, I'm just going to play a clip from the first track on this album. Again, it's called Mainstream. It came out in 1975. Uh, And this song is called Sol Caliente.
So is it all instrumental like that? Um, for the most part, like it surprised me when I heard vocals. It was yeah, like towards yeah. the very end of the record. Yeah, I re- man, I really like that, dude. That's great. Yeah, it's um, cool, right? Yeah, that's awesome. I like how it started heavy with the that piano. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, and it's very repetitive, which I feel like kind of goes in line with with the Mercury program. You know, it's it's all in that on that same vein where it's very technical. You know, and that's what I've always loved about prog rock from the 70s you know very technical um especially with bands like king crimson and yes that's my what you heard um so what you got brother what you been hurting so this might be the most fresh the freshest uh what you heard uh because i literally just listened to this like a few hours ago like it was the last thing i listened to at work we've got these um so we, we moved into a new building, my work, and every every room has its own little Sonos um, speaker, and so each team can kind of play their own music in their room, right? Damn, dude. I have to ask again. I feel like I've asked this before about your company. How many oversized beanbags are there? <laughs> Zero, dude. <laughs> Zero. There are none yet. So anyway... I've been sort of like, you know, DJing so, sort of, right? It's basically myself and the other front-end developer, funny enough, are the two guys that are basically competing to take over the Sonos speaker in my room, right? So anyway, I just pushed, like, I, I, I was basically looking for an album that I knew I could just push play and just let it go. And this is an album that you and I have had some familiar, <laughs> that we both have been aware of for, for years, because we covered it on New Dust, um, but it's by a electronic musician named Architect, spelled um, with a Q at the end, not Architect, Architect. And it's really hard for me to find any information on this guy. I know that his his real name is Sam Anand, but I don't see any bio anywhere. The record label website is like sparse at best. Like it doesn't even have any information on this release. But either way, man, this is just a, such a great electronic album. It does a really good job sort of sprinkling in different uh, different sounds and different genres and sort of mixing it into the song. And um, anyway, so the album is called Gold Plus Green or Golden Green. came out in 2009. This song is called Into the Cosmos.
kid. I'm all about that. Dude. All about it. Just cue that, dude. Cue the album up and push play. I'm telling okay. you. Okay. Fantastic album. If you like that kind of stuff, this is uh, one of those, uh, you know, literally a no filler album. Um, so cool. anyway. So we're going to dive into the Mercury program and their uh, 2002 debut album, A Data Learned the Language. So like we said, Mercury Program is an instrumental group, but um, as, uh, I don't know who that was that was interviewed at the moment, who was talking, but um, but as they had said uh, in that intro clip, they used to have vocals. Um, and if you listen to their earlier stuff, so they've been playing together since 98, and their earlier works actually did feature vocals. And it's always been sparse, you know, it wasn't always like the main thing uh, with the songs. But over time, they realized that they can, you know, that they can be just as impactful uh, as a band without vocals, that it, that wasn't something that they felt like they needed. So over time, they just kind of lost it. And they just uh, slowly became, you know, a fully instrumental band. And that's the thing about this album, dude. Like, it is so... I mean, really, you don't need... Vo like, this album, it, it might as well have a vocal track, you know, with, with how impactful it is um, when you're listening to it. You know, with with um, with what they can do with the instruments, they might as well have a, a vocalist. Are you just... You're, you're referring to how how expressive the instruments are? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. So, I don't want to get into too much history right now. I want to listen to some tunes. Because I feel like we've kind of teed them up already with our past episodes. So, uh, this song is called Tequesta. And this is the first uh, track on the album A Data Learned Language.
where do we begin, man? Yeah, I just love how how quiet it the the very very beginning how it just kind of like just slowly sort of like leads you into the song, you know, how like you just yeah. sort of tease that line just very quietly uh-huh. and then it and then when everything comes in, like it starts to really build on top of that. But yeah, it's a very slow yeah. like uh, guide into the album. You know? Yeah, this is one of those albums that there's no question we were going to cover it. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I was thinking that when, like when this while the song was playing, like I was thinking, man, I'm so f- like I've listened to this song and this album so many times. Like I like this is like an old friend. You know? So many times, dude. I know. I know. So let's name off the roster real quick, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about like what instruments that you're hearing here. So. I feel like the the main hitter, like the you know the heavy hitter here, is the drummer, dude, David LeBleu or LeBleu. I don't know how to how to pronounce his last name, but uh, he's the drummer. He also hops on the vibraphone every now and then. Uh, Sander Travisano is the bass player, and dude, Sander and David, good God. Through this album, the way that they play along with each other, it's just, oh, dude, it's just perfect, man. Uh, Sander is playing alongside his brother, Wit, who plays the Rhodes keyboard. He also plays vibraphone. And then you've got Thomas Reno on guitar. And, um, man, dude, the, the tone that he gets in this guitar and, like, I mean, he tapped into something special with this album. And well, it's it, yeah. It just creates pedal, man. it creates such a lush texture, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's just something about it, dude. So I'm gonna read uh, a quote real quick here from uh, from Pitchfork. So they gave uh, a data learned language a uh, they gave him seven point five out of ten. So it's pretty high rating. Um, and he says much of the time. It's hard to believe that humans are playing this music, not out of any excessive virtuosity or lack of emotion, but because of the celestial tones Thomas and Wit coax out of their instruments and the sharp focus of Sanders' bass and LeBlow's drums. Um, I mean, that's it, dude. That's that's what makes the Mercury program so special is... uh, you know, Sanders and, and LeBlow and what they do in tandem with bass and drums and what Thomas and Witt bring, you know, together themselves with guitar and Rhodes keyboards. So let's jump into the next song um, going down the line here. Um, so the next song I'm going to play is track four, which is a song called Egypt. And uh, as we'd like to do from time to time, if we can find a great live recording, we'll share it with you. Um, I'm going to share two clips from Egypt. The first clip is going to be the beginning of the song as you hear it on the record. And then we're going to share a live clip uh, for the second clip uh, of this song. So here is uh, the first clip. From track four on the album, it's called Egypt. (laughs) 
So here's what I like about this album, and this is why I wanted to share this song. It's like equal parts kind of uplifting and just kind of dark and sinister, you know? Um, well, it's a great it's a great song to play after that first one that we played because it's such a huge uh, juxtaposition, you know. Yeah, I feel like with with this kind of music, with instrumental music, with down tempo, you know, EDM or IDM kind of music, I think it's important to have those mood swings in in the record, you know. Um, all right, so we've got another clip from Egypt and again like I said uh, this is going to be a live clip so turns out they were interviewed by Morning Becomes Eclectic from KCRW we uh, played a few clips from that same show for our Kings of Convenience episode Um, so the host at the time uh, his name is Nick Harcourt and he interviewed Mercury Program, and they played uh, a handful of tracks from the Mercury Program. I want to say that this interview was pretty much around the time of this release. I think it was in like November of twenty of two thousand two, and this this album came out in September. So this is fresh off releasing this album, uh, and this is the Mercury Program playing in a studio, you know, with legitimate mics and mixers and all that good stuff it sounds fucking great um i highly recommend listening to the uh radio program we'll we'll link it in our uh, show notes so this is honestly my favorite part of this song uh there's a really cool thing that that tom does uh with his guitar uh in this in this clip so uh, and it sounds fucking great live, dude. Well, let so me just say is. that Here's it, clip it, two. it does a good, it does a great job um, showcasing his his use of the delay. So we'll just say that. Yeah, 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 dude. You know, <laughs> you haven't even heard it, and you know that it, I know exactly what it is. Yeah, because it's my favorite part <laughs> of the song too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so here's clip two from track four, Egypt. handoff too from from the guitar to the vibraphone at the end i know right it's just such a great moment and that was live man yeah very extremely these guys are unbelievable yeah yeah all right so uh let's just keep playing tunes man i got i got a, a few more clips to play uh so the next Two songs that we're going to play is the last two songs on the record, which are, I think, maybe my two favorite songs. Um, 
So uh, the next song is going to be uh, track seven, and it's called Gently Turned on Your Head. like about that song is how the the guitar part is in line with the drum beat you know the bump, one bump, of my favorite bump, things bump. with the rhythm section of a band which is you know bass and drums is when they are playing in tandem with each other uh, and they do that a lot uh, where the bass player is basically mimicking what the drummer is doing on the bass drum um, and yeah, it's fucking cool that the guitar player plays along with him in this one. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah. and so let's talk about those vibes again, man. So they they play it in a way to where you almost don't realize that you're hearing vibraphones in most of these songs. Like sometimes it'll kind of you know reach the fore, forefront of the melody or whatever, but right. for the most part, it kind of mask it or not mask it but you know like like the way yeah. that they add it in it's just it's so subtle we talked about the textures you know and the vibraphone is is, is sort of a like a like a nice bedding that everything sits on top of yeah so anyways i got another clip from this song with this band and you know we've mentioned this before in music that's similar to this where there's a lot of repetition so in this song it kind of repeats the same phrase as what we heard in clip one. So I kind of skip over that for clip two and uh, focus on what changes, you know, like the next thing that, that, that kind of changes in the song. So here is clip two from Gently Turned On Your Head.
Yeah, I feel like with every... Like, there's always, like, a resolution to the, like, the change. Like, if the song starts to go toward a more, like... I, I don't like using the word dark, but, you know, uh, when it's not as pleasant, uh, it's more sharp and, and abrupt or whatever. Yes. Like you said, there's there's juxtapositions throughout this album. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever uh, I feel like whenever they do that, Mercury Program always gives you like a resolution to that. You know, like this song. Yeah, ended... dude, that's great, man. I'm so glad you said that, dude. That's such a good way to describe these songs. Yeah, man, you're absolutely yeah, right. Like, like the way that this song ended, like it's just this very nice. It's you know, it's beautiful, dude. Yeah, it it gives you like a sense of like closure to the song. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I hadn't mentioned this yet, but and uh, I mean, as as you know, I'm all about the hi hat, man, and I'm all about finessing it, dude. And and he fucking finesses the shit out of the hi hat. Yeah, he's he's you great, know, man, dude. And I feel like that's a thing that pops up a lot in, and that's you know. We describe them as a math rock band, and I don't know if they agree. I don't know if they would put themselves in the math rock category, but same with the drummer from Foles, uh, Jack Bevan. You're, these drummers are very expressive with with how they play, and that's part of what makes math rock so enjoyable to listen to, in my opinion, is you know the drummer is able to just bring so much to the table just with the drums. It's not just a keeping the beat, you know? And part of that is finessing the hi-hat, you know, with those accent notes. And you could hear a little bit of that in clip two um, of Gently Turned On Your Head. So um, let's play our last clip of the night, which is the final track on the album, A Data Learn the Language. This is Sultans of El Sur.
I'm starting to agree with you that the the star of the show here, man, is the drummer. Absolutely, man. As much as I love every single uh, instrument on this album, like it really is. That that drummer is just incredible, man. Dude, he really is front and center. He is I mean, every single muscle and limb in his body is moving around the entire time in every song, dude. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and that man, that one especially, dude. Um, and bass player is just playing playing alongside him the whole time. You know, um, this is just Sultans of El Sur. Like everything that we've been talking about with this band. Like everything that we'd love about him is showcased in this final song on the album, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, and even like the the vibraphones kind of show up front and center for a little bit of that. Um, so I've got another clip to play, and again, like I had mentioned in the previous track, gently turned on your head. You know, this band will kind of re- repeat a phrase you know, and just kind of like, it'll be a little bit more intense the second time around. And then they'll go and do something different. They do this again. So, you know, I kind of skip over that and clip two is going to be kind of the change up, you know, kind of the second half of the song. So here is clip two from the final track on the album, Sultans of El Sur.
No, I, I know you did this on purpose, but I'm really glad that, that we played the beginning and the end of this album. Yeah. And like you said, man, and I'm so glad you said it, dude, there's, there's a resolution to every song. And there's yeah. a bookend, man. And, and uh, Right. And, and obviously, uh, that's how they resolve the album, too, you know? Oh. Like, they do that. That's intentional, you know? Yeah, dude. And you know what? As, as many times as I've listened to this album over the last couple of weeks, I guarantee you I'm pushing play on track one tomorrow on my commute to work, dude. This is one of those albums where you just can listen to it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's great, man. Um, and you you appreciate it more and more each time you listen to it, dude. Yeah, it's it's incredible. All right, so that's uh, a data learn the language. There's really not any other band like this, like the Mercury Program, you know. And um, they just came out with another album not that long ago, you know, a few years ago in 2006. Uh, 2016, you. I'm sorry. <laughs> in 2016, <laughs> called New Myths. And if you listen to that one, dude, that's it's a pretty short album, but it's just, dude, it's all the same. You know, it's all it's all just those good fucking vibes, man. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good. So for our outro, uh, we're gonna play a little bit of uh, the works of Steve Reich. Ever heard of this guy? He's an ambient musician, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's... Um, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm familiar with him. Yeah, he's so he's considered one of the pioneers of minimal music. Wow, dude, I, I never in a million years would think that we would play Steve Reich on this well, podcast. Well, get so. ready for it, dude. And hey, I didn't know anything about this guy until uh, a few days ago when I was doing research for this episode. So he's been uh, doing his thing since the mid-60s, and uh, he's a composer, really, you know... Um, I, I picked up on on what he's all about. Every album, it's you know, it's it'll be heavy on the stringed instruments or heavy on the piano, but each song is extremely repetitive. You know, you'll pick up on subtle changes the longer you listen to each track. But yeah, uh, as far as you know, minimal music goes. Steve Reich is all about repetition, and another thing too. He, you will hear vibraphones in a lot of his songs. And apparently it was uh, David, the drummer in the Mercury program, that he, you know, he was the fan. He was the fan of Reich, and he introduced his music to the rest of the members of the band. And since then, they've all kind of, you know, uh, jumped on the bandwagon. Um, and, you know, I after listening to enough of, of his music, it's not just... Because he also plays vibraphones, uh, that's not the only reason that he is an influence to these these guys. Um, again, like you know, after just hearing what we played for you, Mercury Program, they are very repetitive in in their music, but it's very impactful in how they do it, and it's it's the same for for Steve Reich and his tunes. So the album that we're gonna play a song from is called Music for Eighteen Musicians. And uh, this is section 3A. So, um, thank you, as always, for listening. And hop on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. Check out our show notes. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. We're going to be covering um, David LeBlow's side project, Textual. Uh, yeah, until then, hop back and listen to some of our older tracks. 
there's a lot of great tunes for you out there. So my name is Quinn. Hey, let's say this, man. Yeah. Let's say this real quick. If you're if you've been waiting for us to get back to Radiohead, we will circle back to Hail to the Thief uh, in two weeks. So yes. we have not we have not stopped our our Radiohead uh, deep dive. Uh, we will be getting back to them. Uh, so just stay tuned. Oh, dude, I'm so excited. All right. So until next time, my name is Quentin. Uh, my name is Travis. By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about that sound? You're listening to a set of GE appliances, complete with all you need to keep food fresh, dishes clean, and everything else stress-free. Making this the sound of savings on top brand appliances. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Get up to 25% off select GE appliances right now. Offer valid January 5th through January 25th, 2023. US only, see store or online for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.